You've ruined me. You've literally ruined I'm always expecting you to come in. Oh, that's why I don't want you to expect anything from me. Damn it. How are you? I'm good. How are Hi, you? Hi, everybody, and welcome. It is that time. The playoffs have begun. Uh, do you want to comment? That, that uh, nice shirt. Very good of you to button your top button. Oh, thanks, Chris. Right. I feel like uh, you get all the cool shirts, like the new well, ones. Well, you don't wear half of the shirts that she brings I, you. I, that's you that's a bullcrap statement. Challenge flag on that bullshit right there. <laughs> <Challenge> okay. <flag. laughs> um, so what we're doing is we are betting on the four wild card weekend games. Uh, here's how it works. If you haven't listened to episode 147 yet, what we normally do is we do a deep dive on that podcast and then we make our bets. But you, as you've noticed before, believe that I take all of your information and sometimes even use it better than you do, Usually do. to then bet. Right. And so what you've asked me to do is make the bets ahead of time yes. and you're going to do most of your breakdown of the four games right. on today's show. I mean, show. that wasn't the only reason, right? I mean, we also knew that, like, what, we're going to do a heavy yeah, breakdown yesterday on the podcast and yes. then do another one today. So uh, it made sense this way. It, and it does. makes it more fun. Let us get a quick update to see how much ground you have to make up to catch me. Let people out there know I've beaten Sims three years in a row. But this one could be interesting. Well, this is only you've only beat me two years in a row. Two years. Yeah. Uh, we both went nine and seven last week. I am still one pick over you in the overall picks. You made fourteen hundred and sixty dollars last week. Ooh. And how much did you bet on uh, the fourteen fifty? So you got ten dollars in all the other games. Yep. I made six sixty. Uh, overall, you are now down twenty six forty. You took a huge chunk out of your debt. I am down five ninety. I am getting even closer to that vaunted spot of being even. Definitely going to catch you before the playoffs are over. No doubt about it. You think so? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You'll fold like the Philadelphia Eagles with Nick Foles. Wow. <laughs> completely, completely unnecessary for you to uh, say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, so last week in the be- the big bets, I made eight bets of $100 or more, right. and I got seven of them right. The only one I got wrong was Washington losing to the Giants. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest with everybody right now. I'm I don't trying, even trust any of those I'm numbers. trying to read your comments, uh, but I have this game, Facebook game bar that's like blocking it. If anybody knows how to shut this shit off, I'm absolutely down. But this is ridiculous. Redonkulous. I don't understand how this shit works. Your pages. Your pages sucks. Facebook, fix your stuff. I want to do one thing before we get in. I promised on episode 147, a lot of you have asked, how has Sims's guaranteed to lose is done? No, I'm interested. I went through and I added them all up. All of them? It literally took me about 45 minutes. Jeez. And I was like, Torture. why am I doing this? <laughs> yes, why are you doing this? So weeks one through eight, I had tabulated this already. You went 24 and 15. Yeah, not that good. Not that good. Not, you not. had one perfect week of 5 and 0, oh, and that was the reason I added them all up the first time. Okay. You had two weeks of 4 and 1. Weeks 9 through 17. Now, that is one extra week, that is nine weeks. You went 37 and 8. Mm, domination. Domination. Thank you, Cleveland. <laughs> You went nine and eight, or you went you went thirty-seven and eight. You had four perfect weeks. Wow, did five, I really? Four weeks of five and zero, oh, and you had three weeks of four and one. Yeah. So that means that seven of the nine weeks, you either went four and one or five and zero. Oh. Right. And I will say this: adding it up right now, I yeah. believe you were six and zero oh against the Browns. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. You only used the Browns thirteen. There was times. a few games, yeah, because the Jaguars game scared me yeah. off. I wasn't sure. There was a few that I, I didn't mess with, but. Okay. 
okay, that was good. You know, I had a feel for the team down the home stretch. I usually do. Uh, we'll see. Just listen to what I say today. Don't necessarily put your money where I put it. But I should be all over some of this stuff here. I am very excited for this. Sims is going. He's gone through his notes. He's giving a complete breakdown in every game. And we're going to start off the early game on Saturday. Right. Titans at Chiefs. Which side of the ball do you want to start off? First, let me do the typical breakdown. Sure, sure. The Chiefs come in fifth-ranked offense in terms of total yards. Tennessee, they survive Jacksonville. It is an eight-point line for the Kansas City Chiefs. They are favored by eight at Arrowhead. Don't forget, Kansas City's defense is 28th, but the last few weeks under Matt Nagy, this offense focusing on Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, last week we got to see just how special Patrick Mahomes is going to be. Yes. But now it is the playoffs. Right. Which side of the ball do you want to start off? Yeah, I guess so. Do you want to know my bet first? Should we start there? No, no, no. And then I want to hear the, the breakdown. breakdown then okay, the well, I'm going to start with the Titans offense versus the Chiefs defense, okay? Uh, two shaky units, right? I mean, I think that's the first thing. You don't know really what to expect. But I will say this. From what I know of Kansas City, especially, again, the last four weeks of what they've done, really since the Jets came, they've kind of turned their team around on both sides of the football. But the one thing I've noticed, first of all, Darrell Rivas, you know and read my notes, he's been pretty good, yeah. right? He's added a, they've added another coverage You've guy. You've been surprised. They can't really rush the passer in Kansas City. Justin Houston, you know, ever since he hurt his knee, he's not the same person. He really can only do the bull rush, and that's about it. And when I say bull rush, I mean he can just overpower a guy right. and drive him into the quarterback. Okay, so when I look at that, that, that um, to me, the first thing that I would probably say is the Titan. I mean, the Chiefs' defense, what they've done, especially in the run game as of late on the defensive side of the ball, I think that's what would be impressive to me from that standpoint. And the reason I say this, this is what the Chiefs have done. They've gotten into the hole almost New England-ish, okay, as far as – they play the bare front. That's what they've been doing lately. So at least they're taking one thing away. And explain the bare front so to people. So a bare front. So a lot of times when you're watching football, there's gaps, right? So you have you have a guard and a center, and a guy goes right in between. A bare front, five guys, yeah. is when you put a guy right over the center, right. a guy right over the guard, a guy right over the guard, and they make bear sounds right. the entire time. Because there's three big freaking bears all over there. I mean, so the big thing, though, is those three guys. The three in the middle, right. Because right away, that and you're just, saying you're not coming up. The middle it's exactly us. right. They're calling your bluff to go. Are you really going to try to? Because they got three big guys that they are. They have been playing at the same time. So that's what I like about Kansas City too. At least they're taking one thing away, and that was a big difference to me. And you talk about what they've done defensively the last four weeks of the year. I mean, uh, their their total net yards allowed: two hundred sixty-eight, three hundred seven, three forty-five. 336 against the Broncos, and a lot of their starters didn't play. The big thing I look at and the big differences for them, you know, my man Derek Johnson, they don't play him as much, and they shouldn't. It's smart. You were saying last year that it was coming yeah, to an end. It's coming to an end. I yeah, mean, I how mean, awesome can he be forever, right? Incredible career. So Reggie Ragland, you know, the Pierre Lewis kid, they get them in the middle of that defense. It's made them a whole lot better. Now, I look at the Titans' offense and go, okay, well, we know the Titans' offense, did, you know, can they run the ball? I don't know if they can run it consistently. It's not as good as what people really think it is. It's the 15th rushing offense in the game, right? So it's not like we're looking at a team and go, oh, this unstoppable force. No, it's been very hit or miss the very whole year. And you've got to also take into account the teams like this, the stats are skewed because Marcus Mariota scrambles for 30 yards in a yes. game, and that owes to the total rushing, right? So because of that, that's an issue. Now you go, okay, Kansas City's past defense, 29th in football, right? Not good. Not at uh, all. But 
neither is the Titans' pass offense. So I can't sit there and go, oh, they're going to take advantage take. of this. I can't bet on that. Maybe I, one wide receiver that you think could have a big game. Yeah. Maybe Rashard Matthews. Maybe Rashard Maybe Matthews. Maybe Eric Decker because he has playoff experience. Right. They have a lot of solid but no I difference maker there. So I, the I know that. The difference Delaney Walker. So, so, I mean, one of the things I wrote down. Covered. You're right. He is the guy to watch out for. But this is a defense with a Ron Parker and some of those guys in yeah. the middle that I do think can at least slow life down for him. So, yeah, the pass defense is iffy. But so is the Titans' pass offense. I mean, they have, they have two 300-yard passing games the whole year, Marcus Mariota. One was against the Colts, which was, I would say, the worst pass yep. defense of football. I know it's down there in the bottom of three. The other one was a Thursday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, And he had a, a 90-yard touchdown to Richard Matthews it, to start the second half. Exactly right. So there, and and to, to me, it was a Thursday night game. The other thing there, you know, there's outliers, and I understand that. It, that that's you know that Pittsburgh defense they're very familiar with that because they run the Pittsburgh defense so they had some oh. success kind of exposing some of the rules of the defense in general so I don't look at that and go oh well they can go against any good pass defense and do that so I look at that and I think those are big issues to talk about now if we go to Chiefs offense yes. Titans defense right uh, okay Chiefs offense I think the first thing you have to talk about again you know we know they have weapons right we got that. The big thing for me, and you know a lot of these answers already because you heard me say it and we talk about it a lot, but their running game the last four weeks, I think that's the first thing you got to talk about. And I don't give a damn about the stats, let alone they're good. But this is the thing that's impressed me, is the attempts. The attempts are crucial. Why? Okay, one, this offensive line, all five guys have been playing together the last few weeks. They've been a whole lot better. Yes. Okay? It is also helps their defense out a little bit. Keeps them off the field. Let's run the football. But more importantly, it's making teams finally go, okay, we can't just sit back in zone. And force and, Alex Smith to, like, take a chance. Exactly yeah. right. We can't just sit back in the zone and say, okay, we're going to keep Tyree Kill in front of us, and we're going to keep Kelsey in front of us, and we don't think Alex Smith can beat us just picking us apart like that. So now with the run game, defenses are going, damn, we got to put another guy in the box. Uh, and that's where the big plays have come out with Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and, of course, Matt Nagy's done a really good job. I think the thing that really is interesting in this part of the matchup with the Chiefs against the Titans, Titans run D is real. I mean, it's, it's 88 yards a game. It's top real. five in the NFL. Yes, I mean they got. You want to talk about Jarrell Casey? Yes. Uh, you talk about the the they big. Have a lot of big dudes. They do. The the, the big guy from uh, um, Sylvester. Uh, Sylvester Williams. Yeah. Thank you. And then they have the Austin Johnson kid from Penn State. They play them all the time. Three down, right in front. So not only that, but then you have a Rackpo and Morgan on the edge. And two athletic linebackers in the middle, and Williamson and Woodyard. Yeah. So their run defense is real. I think that's where I look at it and go, okay, this is where the Titans can pull off the upset. Okay, because I look at it and go, you know what else about the Chiefs' offense that I don't like? It's twenty-second in football on third down, right? And what has helped them out lately on third downs is the fact that they've been able to run the ball, like we talked about the attempts, third and five, third and four. Offensive coordinators are awesome when you put them in that situation, but. This could be the game-changing part. If you're a viewer and we're watching the game, that's what I'm going to be watching for. Can they put themselves in those positions to be in third and four? Or is this defense going to go, no, you know, up your butt, Kansas City, and we're going to stop this run, and you're going to be in third and eight and third and nine? That is something that I really look at to be one of the defining things of this football game in general. Um, I do think that – let me just see and make sure I've got all my stuff that I want to do. I have so much stuff I, I'm talking too I'm much. I'm excited. No, no, um, this is – you have to understand, we're just trying to give people information right. for their bets. Yes, I know. It's a it, great week to bet. Uh, yeah. I, I, and, 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 and 
I like the Titans' defense. I do. I think what scares me, yeah, you know, LeBeau's old school. He's going to stop the run first. And as much as I like some of the guys they have in the secondary, they have had, when they've had to play good quarterbacks with a good system, albeit the Rams or the 49ers or Russell Wilson, they've kind of torn, they've, they've gotten torn up. Ben Roethlisberger tore their ass up. So that's what scares me too. So I look at that Alex and go. Smith has the highest passer rating in the NFL. Right, and they've been a difference offense the last four weeks. Ready to make your bet? Are you ready for me? Uh, yeah, and I wrote, you know, the Titans defense. I do think it's a hair overrated, okay? The run defense is real. Yes. They're 13th in the NFL total, right? But I think where I look at it and go, they're a hair overrated, especially uh, they feasted on the week a little bit. They did, for you know sure. know what I mean? Well, they so, were in the AFC South. No doubt. So they got Houston without Deshaun Watson the second exactly time. Exactly right. They got the Colts twice. Twice, exactly right. Jacksonville's offense twice. Twice. They got right. the Browns, right. And, right. and the Jags' offense is good, but it's not good against a team like the Titans because the Titans can break it down and go, ooh, we, LeBeau's smart and he knows what Bortles does well so and does well. So what do you think? Well. Eight points. Okay, so here's my this bet. Is, this is, it's a t- these lines are tough. I agree. Extremely right. So fly my damn pick here. You're going ten dollars. Ten dollars. Yeah. I just don't trust it. There's too many unknowns in the game. But why Tennessee? Uh, you bet ten dollars on Tennessee. Yeah. Plus eight. Well, I, I picked Tennessee because I just don't see them getting blown out in this football game. I don't trust Kansas City to win by what is the spread? Eight points. Eight? Yeah. I don't. I don't expect that. So can it happen? Sure. Let me go through mine. Yep. Uh, one of the first things I thought about was Kansas City loves the big play. Kareem right. Hunt tied for first in the NFL with 12 runs for 20 or more yards. Tyreek Hill first in the NFL for nine catches of 40 or more yards. Mm-hmm. The Titans are the number one team in the NFL when it comes to not allowing plays of 20 or more yards. Mm. Dick LeBeau's defense is not letting it happen. I brought this up earlier. The Titans went into Kansas City last December right. and beat them 19 to 17, I think it was. There was two big plays that happened that game. Hey, hold on, hold on. Breaking news. Your mom said Happy New Year to me. I just want to say Happy New Year, Sharon. It's great to hear from you. Like you. Like you better than. Oh, okay, I like you equal to your son. You're about equal. I'm not getting updates. Apparently, <laughs> I didn't see that. Happy New Year to you, mom. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this too. The Titans held the Chiefs at just two plays of 20 yards or more in that game. Yep. One of them was that Tyree Kill 68-yard touchdown. Right. To me, there's something about Dick LeBeau seeing an offense and going, <sighs> I'm not letting that shit happen yes, again. sure. That means something. Secondary still scares me with Tennessee, but I'll tell you what, having a guy like Logan Ryan back there gives me a little bit of confidence sure, that he's Jackson. been there, yeah. Dory Jackson, oh, yeah, all that. I got you. The punter for Tennessee, I don't think people realize this. I'm going to go really deep in the weeds here. Kern led the league in both gross and net punting. In that game against Jacksonville, he had five punts from inside his own 30 that he put Jacksonville inside their own 30. I do not know if Tennessee is going to win. I don't think Tennessee is going to win, but I do think they're going to cover. I'm going $400 on Tennessee plus eight. I'm spreading my money all over the sure, place. That's, that's because fine. for me, I don't know, but I like the eight points. Here's what scares me about yeah. Kansas City. Right. Kansas City at home has been getting turnovers in droves. In the last few games, so, they forced right. nine turnovers and they only turned it over once. Tennessee like never gets turnovers. Like Kansas City, I think, is second in the NFL in turnover margin. Tennessee, but I don't want to bet on turnovers because right. you don't know. 
Mariota, you talked about running. I do think in Bob Sutton's defense, because it is a man-to-man, they do a lot of matchups, the one big vulnerability is they let the running the quarterback run sometimes. Yeah. My question is... They don't is, play a ton of man, though, so you got to be ready. Okay, but I mean, they kind of sit back they and do. let it all happen. Yeah. My thing is, I need more Mariota 10 carries 60 yards. Right. For Tennessee to do anything in the future and in this game, I need Mariota running 10 games. That's why they drafted him. Yes. I, we Carson can't. Wentz, I don't need you to run anymore. You've shown the ability to beat people from right. the pocket. Right. Mariota, I haven't seen that. Well, I just need you to run, bro. I, I think, and I might have brushed over it because I was talking so much, but that was one of my points, too, that, that would scare me about the game. Okay, So I picked Kansas City to win the game 27-21, yes, right? Uh, and I hear you. I'm going with Tennessee as well. I have a hard time thinking they're going to win by more than eight points. But those reasons you talked about. You know, Mariota, he's careless with the football. And yeah. that does scare me against the Kansas City Chiefs, okay? And what also scares me is some of the games they've had to play this year where, like I've talked about, when they've had to play the complete array of, you know, oh, we don't let up big plays, I get it. And, you, I mean, you're right. I'm not yeah. trying to dispute here. Of course. I'm just trying to tell you, like, you know, when I just think of good quarterback with some weapons, whether it was the Rams, the 49ers, the Steelers, those kind of games, Yeah, there was – just too many big plays to be had, and that's what scares me. And uh, Kansas City has those players, right. so that's why I couldn't put a lot of money because because it could be twenty-seven, twenty-one. Dude, you know? I got so deep so. in the weeds in this. I was looking at how teams performed one week after p- playing Jacksonville, like yeah. two beat well, up. Know, yeah. But then Tennessee went out there and beat Seattle mm-hmm. by like thirty the next game. So I was like, it's not going to impact them. My last two points are going to mm-hmm. be this: Derrick Henry had two rushing touchdowns in that game last time. Kansas City has allowed tw- in their sixteen games. 12 100-yard rushing games. Right. So I I would like to see Derrick Henry there. The only other thing I'm going to say is this. Kansas City, or excuse me, Tennessee has allowed a lot of receiving yards to running backs. You talked about that Rams game. Todd Gurley had 150 receiving yards. Leonard Fournette in his game had 67 receiving yards. Too many my, it, yeah, but my issue with the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. is they don't throw the ball to Kareem Hunt. They throw the ball to Akeem Hunt or <laughs> Sharkandrick West. Sure. If they throw the ball to, to Kareem Hunt and he has a 200-yard day right. rushing and receiving, that's a Chiefs ball game. Oh. But I just think eight points then is too much. it'll be a blowout. It'll be a blowout. Yeah, right. But And as Cam Lauder, our resident Kansas City what Chiefs up, fan, fan, said, look, it's about manageable third downs, and it's about Andy Reid getting a lead. He'll stick to the run if he gets a lead. Right. I, if he I, goes behind, he's going to throw it a lot. Th- but I this needed is, a Dory Jackson I don't return. know if that's true. I, that's the one. That's why I brought he's up the so running attempts. Nagy, no, Nagy has been running the ball. That's what I've been impressed. And I went so back and looked at LeBeau against Andy Reid, right. and he shuts him down every time. And I went, but this isn't Andy Reid. This is Matt Nagy. Yeah, right. So... We're both going Titans, yep. but we you. both think Kansas City is going to win. Yes. I think Kansas City wins by six, five okay. or six. Right. That was my thought. Yep. All right, let's move now to the night game. I think this is a great game, and I'm not going to lie. I texted Matt Canvasser at night, and I said I'd like to change my pick on this game, just so you know. Okay. Atlanta, L.A. Rams. It is the team that went to the Super Bowl last year to the most exciting team in the I'm NFL. I'm interested to see where you change yes. it from. Sean McVay, uh, the Rams made the biggest jump in yards per play in the NFL, and the Washington Redskins had the biggest decline from last year. Sean McVay has been incredible. Atlanta is top 10 in offensive and defense. Rams, they're right up there, too, definitely with offense. And what was the final spread that we had on this game? Six and a half? Oh, I got to look. Hold on. Yeah, six and a half. The Rams are favored. Um, One thing before you go in that I wanted to remind myself of. Right. 
Do you remember Sean McVay in the crucial playoff clinching game for Washington last year when they only put up 10 points on the Giants and he got hired by the Rams and we sat there and went, how are you going to hire a guy that in the crucial game did nothing? Sure. Remember that? Yeah. I just thought it's funny I had that, rem- that memory. I hear you. But let's start off. I want to start off there because this is the exciting side. Yeah. The Rams offense and the fastest defense in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, that's the the – this is the best game of the weekend. Uh, These two teams could go to the Super Bowl. They both could win it. They really can. These are the two most dangerous teams playing on this weekend. That's why it was a tough draw for the Rams that they ended up, you know, having to deal with the Falcons. They ended up being the three seed and having to deal with the six seed. But I think that's the first thing I would say is these are the two fastest teams in football on both sides of the ball. So – that's the exciting part. But, yeah, when you get into this, I mean, this Rams offense, I, it's 10th in football. The Falcons defense, 9th in football. Yeah, there's a, it's a very even matchup from that standpoint. Uh, but the thing that's so impressive about the Rams is they score points. They're the yes. number one team in football in scoring. And that's because McVay calls up plays and Gurley doesn't get tackled at the four. and They settle for a field goal. He hits his head on the goalpost and spikes it. Uh, same with Watkins and Woods. and So they're a team that when they have a big play, they strike for seven. This literally just happened. Before yeah. you keep going, DeMarco yeah. Murray is officially out. Okay. I kind of think that's a good thing. I, do, I would agree, too. I apologize for interrupting. Yeah. Back. No, you're, Breaking you're news, good. compliments of the Bleacher Report. Out. All good. Now, I mean, you look at the Falcons' defense, and it, it, it's it's got a lot of admirable things, right? It's that Seattle scheme, Jacksonville scheme, uh, 49ers run that scheme all great teams have not been successful against this Atlanta team especially quarterback play I mean they've only had there's only been one quarterback to throw for 300 yards on this Atlanta defense all year long that's Aaron Rodgers he's the only one and I would say that was probably misleading because they were getting blown out and they had to throw the ball every play to kind of make the game look respectable early on in the season so that but here's my first issue with this as much as I think of the Falcons Falcons jump on you early. Their speed can overwhelm you. But as games go on, teams figure it out. Right. They figure it out because they get accustomed to their speed and fast guys get slower as the game goes on because they get worn down. That's why you err on big, in my opinion, because big guys don't get smaller as the game goes. But as the, the thing that really scares me more than anything, I mean, we've talked about this. This is not mind-blowing. McVay knows this scheme. That's exactly. I mean, yeah. the, that's the number one thing. Okay, and he's played better versions of it this year. He's had to play the Seahawks twice. The Jaguars. He's played the 49ers twice. He played the Jaguars twice. Exactly right. And really had success in all of them. And I know people are going to go, "Well, the Jaguars wasn't that successful." Well, yes, it was a little. I will. I, I understand that it was a little better than I think people give it credit for. The stats are misleading because they blocked a punt for a touchdown right. and they returned kickoff a return. kickoff, and that took away two possessions to give them a few more stats. It is funny how that we we say, oh yeah, but those special teams plays happen, but that also does take away from the offense. It statistics. takes away from the stats, yeah. no doubt about it. And you have to take that that's into funny. account. So to me, that's where okay, there's only been one defense I've seen all year long that's really slowed down this Rams attack. One, and that was the Minnesota Vikings up in Minnesota. And even that game, they were fortunate. I mean, let's not forget Cooper Cup fumbled at the one-yard line going in. That game was going to be a whole lot closer, okay? So I do think this Falcons D, it's tough, it's stingy. They know what beats them. But I think the thing that at the end of the day with that side of the matchup is, you know, I wrote it down like this. I just think that I just think this. This defense versus McVay. This offense, they know what the Falcons are lining up on. The Falcons are good, but I just don't know if they're good enough to overcome this. And the other thing that hurts, I think, Atlanta is, you know, McVay's going to steal 
every freaking play that was successful against Jacksonville that Shanahan did. Yes. So and he gave it, the blueprint. He gave a blueprint for that defense. So and I know so you're he's saying gonna Kyle Shanahan he's going to use Kyle against the Falcons. No doubt That's about it. Dastardly. He will. He's going to use Kyle because it's the same rules. It's the same two defenses every play basically with Atlanta, Seattle, yep. Jacksonville, and he's going to look and go, "Huh, let me see." Because what what really what good offensive coordinators do is they ruin the rules of your defense. They expose the rules. And that's what, like, McVay and the Shanahan's of the world can do. what you mean by that is there are parts of the Seattle defense where you have cornerbacks and safeties that have to be in lockstep. And then underneath there's linebackers, too. So what he means by saying that they violate the rules is those seams. He attacks communication points. If a receiver goes deep and the corner always drops down and a receiver goes underneath and the linebacker stays, well, guess what? He might put another one there to just go, what do you do now? Because you both guy. always follow the rules. Right, right. So they and football the rules. players are rule followers. Well, no doubt. That's what their coach should do. That's and what then they got to guys do. like Sherman, who later in their career go, screw the rules. I want to make I'm plays. I'm going to get a chance. Oh, damn, they scored a touchdown. Yes. But every now and then he does make a play. So who are you going to go? The six and a half. Yeah, so wait, I didn't even get to the other side of the ball. Oh, okay, fuck. so I thought, yeah, sorry. You oh, did. What side of the ball? That was Rams That was offense. Rams offense. So let me, let let me add quick. stuff. Cool. Let me add cool. stuff in that one. So Dan Quinn's defense, and I'm going to give props to where I'm getting this information from. There's a guy right now online I know Canvasser loves. His name is Evan Silva at Roto World. And I'm going to be honest. I spent all of my time looking up football and listening to you. This guy, I think, is fucking great. And if you're not following him on Twitter or checking out his articles, he's awesome. But he does deep breakdowns. Dan Quinn's defense permitted the NFL's sixth highest completion rate and 11th highest passer rating. There's going to be open guys for the Rams to take advantage of yes. this. Now, Atlanta does do well at limiting big plays, eighth fewest 20-yard completions. The Rams are fourth in sacks. And what really did it for me... I'm, I'm flipping that side. side of the ball? I'm sorry. Okay. No, back to you. That's all I had. All right. That's all I had for the no, Rams. But offense. I think the Rams. That's is a great... that you get a lot of completions against the uh, the Falcons. Yes, because everybody goes. We know what they're lining up in. That's the thing. I don't know if the talent is good enough to overcome that. Like Jacksonville has talent where I can go. They can probably overcome it in a lot of instances. Right. But Atlanta, I don't think is quite there. And yes, and if you're letting good offense, catches, quarterback who can throw to open receivers with weapons, that to me is a formula that goes. I just think they're going to consistently move the ball. And when Maybe I think I'm about wrong. the Patriots against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, right. which has been the the blueprint underneath and let him create. Yep. They have Todd Gurley. Right. The Mr. Creation this yes. season underneath. Yes. Let's now go to Falcons the offense. Rams Falcons defense. offense. Rams defense. Right. Which. Falcons offense, I feel like they score 17 points in the first half and like six points in the second half. And the Rams defense is, can you block Aaron Donald? Yeah. It, it, so that's, let's just start there. Okay. Two matchups. Let's just go, Canvasser, let's go to the two mat. Two mat. First one is Andy Levitri, the left guard's not playing. He's on IR. Gosh damn. What a bad time to be on IR. How good is he? I mean, I mean, Levitri's a good player. He is. He would start for most teams in football. Okay. He's coming towards the end of his career. He's not quite what he was in Tennessee before this. But would he play good. right where Aaron Donald would line up? A, a lot of the times, yes. So now you got right. Ben. He does both sides. It doesn't Damn. matter. So now Ben Garland's going to have to deal with that. The other matchup, of course, I'm going to have my eyes on is 
Tremaine Johnson, Julio Jones. That's going to be big because they, this this is Wade Phillips on defense. And Julio is missing practice because right. he's hobbled. Right. And he's going up against who you just crowned as the fifth best cornerback in the NFL. I think he is phenomenal, Tremaine Johnson, and I just think they have a lot of confidence in him. Wade Phillips, we've seen what he does in Denver, mashing up Aqib Talib. I think you're going to see a lot of plays where this guy's going to be on an island and they're going to go, Tremaine, we need you to lock down Julio here, and then we got, we're going to do a lot of other things to stop Devontae Freeman and Mohamed Sanu over the middle so they don't expose us there. So I like that. Now, getting back to the Falcons offense. Yeah, it's explosive, right? We know they got a lot of eighth offense in football, 13th to run. Okay, eighth in the pass. All good things, certainly. 14th in points. That's not too good. 22.1 points per game is what they average, okay? What bothers me more than anything from the whole stat line of the year is just when they played quality defenses, they couldn't score points. And I'm just going to go to the teams that I thought were quality yeah, defenses. You so you Minnesota, know, obviously. Minnesota, seven, nine points. New Orleans. I'm going to say New Orleans is quality because they don't let you at least, even though I know they're not top five or, you know, they're a borderline top ten defense, they don't let you have bullshit throws. So I, I like that because they're not going to let you just go, here's Devontae Freeman, three yards over the line of scrimmage, he's going to run for 12. They don't do that. So they might get burned on a big play, but they're not going to give you the easy crap. So New Orleans, they've only scored 13 and 20 against them. Carolina, that's their high output for me for the quality defenses of the year, 22 points. You're talking about the Falcons. The Falcons are. Put 23 against, the, not even 23 against the Patriots. No, they put up seven, seven. Yeah. right? So that is concerning to me out of the fact that, okay, yes, I know the Rams' defense is not great, but what's really tough with the Rams is they don't let you score a lot of points. They're 12th in football, so they're pretty good at that. But I know where you were going, yeah. and I think your point is right, and this is it to me. The Rams have difference makers on the defensive side of the ball. There's no stat that can really quantify that, right? There's no stat to quantify Michael Strahan coming around the edge and sacking Tom Brady or being in his face all in Super Bowl 42 to really disrupt the game and being the MVP. There's no stat for that. But this is what these guys do. And with Aaron Donald and Quinn and Ogletree and Tremaine Johnson, they create plays because of Wade Phillips. And Wade Phillips, is he's a little outside the box. He's going to do something Atlanta's never seen before. They're not going to know what to expect with it. Yeah. And I think those are the things that jump out to me more than anything about the matchup. Now the line is six and a half. Yeah. Where are you betting your money? Okay, I am going... I think the Rams are going to win the football game, and I'm going with the Rams, but only for a 10 spot. <laughs> Sims is still saving his big money. That is a Rams... <laughs> Tatanka. That's a bill. I don't know what the hell that. Um, uh, but yes, 31 21. I'm going Rams 31 21. There I'm, are a few scary. I'm literally going to read my last line, right. and this is how scary our analysis is because yeah. we think a lot alike. And I will let think what you think. Andy Levitre on IR. Yeah. Here comes Aaron Donald. Right. Devontae Freeman is hurt. Julio Jones is hurt against Tremaine Johnson, right. top five cornerback. Gurley catching a lot of balls underneath. McVay experience versus Seattle scheme. There you go. Uh, the only thing I'll say this is if you're looking for daily fantasy, the guy that I do like is Mohamed Sanu. Uh, I, he, I think he has a size advantage against the Rams corner, the nickel corner. And I think that that's where the Falcons are going to have to focus in that Rams defense. I'm going $400 on the Rams. He's going 400 across the board, huh? Every across game? the board. Damn, you're no fun. I'm, no, are you kidding me? I, every game is, is hair pulling. But no, I texted. So I made my picks in like 15 minutes, and then I sent them to Canvasser, and I went back last night and I went over it. And everything that I was reading and everything that I was looking at the stats and stuff, I kept thinking, 
if I bet on the Falcons, I am going to have to pull for miracle plays. And I feel like I'm going to be, I feel like rooting for the Falcons in this game is going to be rooting for the team that is needing the miracles to happen, where I feel like the Rams will have control. I think the Rams are at home. And the other thing I thought was this, Sean McVay versus Dan Quinn, I'm taking Sean McVay. Yeah. I'm taking their two coaches, their and two I'm coordinators. I'm taking Wade Phillips right. all over day. The, yeah, I hear it. So you're taking McVay really over Sarkeesian, who's going back to his old USC stadium, which is funny, right? Uh, and then, yeah, you're taking Wade Phillips over Dan Quinn. I get it. I'm with you there as well. I think that's the only thing I'll say here. Like, there's two teams to me that just had their way with the Rams, this Rams defense this season, Minnesota. right? Minnesota. Minnesota and your Eagles. And Philadelphia. And, you know, and then and, – and, the Falcons don't have the two components that those teams had, in my eyes, that, to be able to expose the Rams. And that is great size and physicality and being able to just run the ball down your throat for the most part, or at least making the Rams go, man, they're a lot bigger than us. we got to put extra guys in the box and then expose them in the back end. Look, I think the Falcons have been a very pleasant surprise for the last month. It's been fine to eat crow thinking about the Falcons and how they really have turned it around. Right. I just think their weak offensive line with the injuries against the Rams' defense Defensive line, which I think is a is an upper level unit, and I also think that the Falcons' D line and and the Fal- I just think the Falcons are going to get spread out by the Rams. You need to be able to score twenty eight points against the Rams right. to compete, and I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm all, all, right. all the way. Uh, so we, th- we don't have a Rams noise or anything. I mean, I can't get a damn noise in here. What the hell's going on? I don't know. Great guys, good work. Uh, so that you think that'll be the most entertaining game of the weekend, though? Yeah, those are the most dangerous. Teams. I just have a problem that we're going to be watching. I have a feeling we're going to be watching Matt Ryan like running for his life. He's going to have pressure right in his face. Could and be. It's going to be really tough. Could be. I think it'll be the Sean McVay crowning game, where it's just going to be like his the Rams. I think we're going to leave this weekend and going. The Rams are going to be the wild card team that, like you said, that are going to go to the Super Bowl. One o'clock. Sunday. Yeah. Again, reminder, if you're interested, noon Sunday, Sims and I will be here doing a live show to do a further preview of this game and the Saints-Panthers game and also recapping the Saturday games that we just previewed. Jacksonville comes in with the sixth-ranked offense in yards and the second-ranked defense. They are eight-and-a-half-point favorites over a Buffalo Bills team that got into the playoffs somehow at 9-7. and seven. Their offense is 29th. Their defense is 26th. LaShawn McCoy, we don't know if he's going to play. The Bills, though, I want to give credit. I know a little inside info there, and I do think LaShawn McCoy is going to play. Everything I know. I made some calls last night just to see where that status was. Yeah. That's I, how much effort you're giving to these well, picks. Well, I just I, I I, I'm gonna be into you, the playoffs. Well, yeah, I just I want to be into it and have a little feel for it. And I just it, not even necessarily for the picks, but I just was like, damn, you know, I'm sitting here on my ass doing nothing. Let me see, like, what is LaShawn McCoy gonna do? What's the feeling? The feeling is that they think he will play. The question is, is is a hobbled LaShawn right. McCoy even good right. when you have speed like Jacksonville? Right. And we're not playing in Buffalo right. where they've been able to play. And so, now they did sure. win in Miami. But uh, I will say this before you get into your yeah. stuff. And I want to do Buffalo offense, Jacksonville defense first. Yes. Because that's the fun one where I'm excited to see Tyrod running for his life. It's right. going to be crazy. This game to me is 13-6 to in the fourth quarter. And my question that I want to see through your analysis is, will Jacksonville get that late touchdown to cover or will they not? This game is going to be painful as fuck rooting for a cover. It is going to be awful. It's Do you get that late Jacksonville defensive touchdown that they always seem to get? Last week. I mean, here we are Every last week. week. Can't do anything, Cleveland. and it's 15-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and you go, holy cow. All right, so. Yeah. 
Buffalo's offense, Jacksonville's defense, where do we start? Yeah, okay. So, I, I mean, listen, this, this is – okay, this is the first thing you're going to say. like a firing squad. L- LaShawn McCoy issue, right? I mean, that, that he's their best playmaker. Uh, okay, Charles Clay would be the second guy there, and then Tyrod Taylor. The key to the game for me, of course, is going to be Jacksonville's run defense, right? Jacksonville's run defense is an issue there. That is their biggest. yards per game. Right. Now, the Bills are sixth in the NFL in rushing the football, and, of course – I think that is slightly skewed as well because of Tyrod Taylor's ability to scramble and add yards to the team rushing. I don't look at them as a team that I can just go, on a weekly basis, they're going to be close to 100 yards rushing just with Sean McCoy between the tackles downhill. No, they're good, but it depends on the defenses they play. I do think that Jacksonville, of course, is going to be aware of that, and they're going to be all over that. I also think they're going to be aware of Tyrod Taylor getting out of the pocket. They're yes. going to do their best to keep him in the pocket because he's not as good in the pocket. He's really not. And if he does get outside the pocket, the other thing is, oh, this is the fastest defense in football, okay? And, <laughs> you know, I mean, who do you want? Yannick and Gakwe, Fowler, uh, whoever it may be. The two in the middle, Jack oh, and Telvin Smith. 17 forced fumbles and 21 interceptions. Exactly right. So that's where we have to they start just with, take right? They take it away from they you. They take it's it bully away ball. From, It is bully ball. And, okay, so. And it's Doug Marone against his former team. It's Doug Marone against his former team. You know, I've heard people out there this and week And Marcel Darius against, against his, his former, former team. team. No doubt. And I've heard people out there go like, well, Rick Dennison, you know, the 49ers, uh, they gave a blueprint on how to beat this Jacksonville defense. Well, the, the problem is, is just no coordinator is going to be able to even figure out what Kyle Shanahan or the McVays of the world. Like Jimmy G right yeah, now? Or they're not going to be able to expose the rules of the defense. They're going to look at the film, a lot of coaches, and I know people can't even wrap their hands. They're going to just go, ooh, that was a good play for that defense. Let's run that play. But there was a rhyme and a reason and a setup for that play also, from great coordinators. Also, name a Bills receiver that scares Jacksonville speed None. Does not exist. Charles Clay, the tight end, is the only guy. You're right, the receiver. So that's going to help out the run defense, right? I understand that Goodwin with some speed that can scare you. No, and you got to worry about the run legitimately. So, but yeah, you're right. So now you got you got Ramsey and Bouye, man to man. Okay, you want to put nine guys in the box to stop LeSean McCoy? How many points do you think the Bills Certainly. Score? So it's going to be scary. So hold on, you got to wait, you jerk. Okay? Uh, so that, to me, is where I just look at it and go, okay, this is a Bills offense that, I mean, they average 18 points a game for the year against some defenses that aren't even in the same class as the Jacksonville defense. And Jacksonville only let up 16 points a game for the year. And they played some great offenses. So that, to me, is where the game will be very interesting. And I will add this to you in terms of Buffalo's offense. Right. On the road this year, Buffalo averaged 17.6 points. Right. At home, Mm -hmm. 20.1. Not like that's special, but 17 is really low. Mm -hmm. Also, 70% of the sacks that happened to Tyrod Taylor happened away. Wow. So he gets sacked a lot more on the road, and their points go down. Right. The only advantage, Jacksonville has allowed the seventh most rushing yards to quarterbacks. The question is, can Tyrod run away from these linebackers? Right, yes. I would say no. And and that'll be a, like something to watch for. There'll be two things to watch for. You know, at first, the run game might be successful with the Bills because they're going to be a little worried maybe on the backside of the defense of Tyrod Taylor bootlegs and things like that. So that'll be one thing to watch for early. The other thing is, I will give the Bills credit from this standpoint in the offensive side of the ball. Every game, they have like three or four shot plays where I go, hmm, that's just designed to take a big play and maybe get 70, 80 yards. I don't know how you don't have those. Right. I know. I know. And they're, but they're pretty good at them is what I'm saying. Yeah, and if great. they can take advantage of one or two of those plays, 
then I think this game could be competitive. But that's a big if. Because that is the way to beat Jacksonville, is to get them over-aggressive and you hit them with a perfectly timed screen or the fullback coming right, out. Whatever. I'm just saying, if yeah. LaShawn McCoy is banged up and you got Mike Tolbert as your feature back, Agreed. he ain't pushing those guys. No. All right, so let's flip it yep. to Blake Bortles. And this offense, yeah. which has not looked good since they started playing good defenses, and I'll say this about Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo contains you. Yes. Buffalo makes you play in a phone booth. Right. They don't let up the big play, nope. and they're good at picking it. Yep. To me, it's like one of the worst defenses for Blake Bortles to face. Agreed. I think there's a it's lot really of— It's really scary. There's a lot of things there that are very scary. I mean, yes, let's get into that first. I mean, you're right. Buffalo's defense, the scheme in which they play— is going to be tailor-made to really give Blake Bortles in this pass offense an issue. First of all, I want to give credit to Nathaniel Hackett, okay, the offensive coordinator. I know I texted you last, yes. last night. This guy, what he is doing, the sixth-rate offense, yes, in football, with the quarterback that he has, and I, I, I don't like sitting here crapping on Blake Bortles all the time, but I'm just trying to be real about the situation. For them to be sixth with him and as limited as he is in throwing is amazing. So Nate Hackett is a guy that – I mean, he deserves a lot of credit. He has designed an offense of throws and things that he knows Blake Bortles is good at these throws and I'm going to find 9 million different ways to have these throws there. The problem is Sean McDermott's going to know. He's going to go, damn, they throw to these two spots all the time. They throw a fade down the sideline or they throw a shallow crosser or maybe a screen to Leonard Fournette. Not enough variety. That's scary from yeah. that standpoint. Because McDermott, they're a zone defense. They got great secondary. Not great man-to-man secondary, but they're great players. They know how to read and pass off shallow crossers, do all those yes. things. So that is going to be an issue for me for the Jaguars' offense. I'll say this, though. Bortles is a different human being at home. And I don't think people really realize that. When you look at his stats. Look at you, Sims, yeah. bringing in some stats. Let me read this yeah. for people listening on audio. In the eight home games, he's thrown for nearly yeah, nearly 600 more yards at right. home. Mm-hmm. His touchdowns at home, 15. On the road, 6. Right. And his interceptions at home, just 5. And on the road, 8. So he's got a 15-5 to 5 TD to interception ratio at home. Yes. 6-8 to eight on the road. And his completion percentage is almost 10 points better at home. Right. That's pretty great. It's great, That's right? good stuff, it's, Sims. Thank you. It's good stuff. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Uh, so that is interesting to me with Bortles. He's certainly comfortable at home. There's something to that. Okay, and you really, I think back out of the games and just go, man, yeah, you're, you know, as I was doing the stat and going, I go, yeah, you're Seattle, right. at home. Yeah, at home. You know, there was a lot of games throughout the year where I just went, mm, okay, yeah. You know, yeah, he did throw the ball pretty good in the home game. So he's comfortable there. And then, of course, we have to talk about this with this matchup, okay? So as much as I like McDermott and the defense and the things they can do schematically to slow down the passing game, there's one little problem. They can't rush the passer, okay? They got nobody. If Jerry Hughes doesn't get there, they're El Scrudo, okay? They're El Fuckoed. And then the other they thing can't is. can't stop the run. No shit. They have allowed in the last five games 4.85 yards per carry and five touchdowns to running backs in the last five games. Yes. And oh, yeah, Jaguars lead the NFL in rushing attempts. So that's scary. And this is a defense that what? They lack big people. That's what the worst part about it is. Kyle Williams, they've been playing the DeAndre Coleman a little bit to get in there because they realize, like, damn, our biggest guy is Kyle Williams, and he's 303 pounds. That's and not big enough in the NFL. In like his 12th year. Right. And then you talk about this Jacksonville line. One thing I can tell you is they're big. 
They're a bunch of like pile drivers. They're not great in space, but they will move you. And so, if you really look at the teams that the Buffalo Bills have beaten recently, Indianapolis Colts was in a snowstorm. The Dolphins are not that great at running the football, and that was two of their last three games. And the Patriots, you know, destroyed them for the yeah, other two. But, so. Yeah, right. It's that's that that and the Kansas City game. They beat Kansas City in Kansas City, but that was the the last Andy Reid. That was the game board, that was Kansas City anymore. was falling apart. Yeah. Right, they were really in a dull spot. So yeah, I tried to take all those things into account, but I think with the lack of sacks, lack of big people, it's just hard for me to sit there and go, okay, yeah, Buffalo's going to slow them down all year. As much as Blake Bortles, I don't think a whole lot of them, but the game plan, the way he plays at home, and... You know, the occasional one-on-one shot, and Jacksonville's really good at screens. They don't get credit for it. They're very good Better screen football Nathaniel Hackett team. plug. Exactly right. So those are the interesting points to me. Going? Is I, this your big game? I'm going – I think that the Jaguars are going to win this football game, obviously, and I am going <laughs> – Cause I don't bet on shit I don't know, but what I do know is Jacksonville's defense is awesome, and they're better than Buffalo, and Buffalo's offense sucks. Samus of the possible $1,600 has just bet $1,570 on Jacksonville to cover eight and a half points. I know, eight and a half. Yeah, this game. I mean. I don't know. I just have a hard time. I gave 13 points to Buffalo just because I was like, damn, maybe they'll luck into a point or two here or there. I mean, maybe everybody in Jacksonville will trip and they'll fall down and Tyrod will run for a touchdown. I don't know. I'm not sure that Buffalo can score 13 points. That would be my two cents. I mean, they're missing their right tackle. I know Chantrell Henderson's over there. He's a good player. But just, damn, there ain't enough weapons. I'm going with what I know. It's a sure thing, Sim style. Uh, we have a comment here uh, from Stephen Nelson that wrote, holy tits. Holy uh, that tits. That was really good. I've never wanted to lose a bet more. <laughs> I have $400 on the Jaguars, <laughs> uh, minus eight and a half as well. Um, I, just like you, I'm going to read some of these. Queen Karen yeah. Clark, scary Chris. Alex Osborne, Sims bringing it today. Uh, Ian Melberg, seriously, listening to you guys gets me so excited for playoff football. Um Man, I'll just, for me, it it lined up like this. Tyrod's not good on the road. Right. Now Blake Bortles is good at home. LaShawn McCoy, your best weapon is in a walking boot. Right. You called them the three amigos a few weeks ago. Charles Clay, LaShawn McCoy, and Tyrod Taylor. Right. I don't think Tyrod Taylor's going to have success. Charles Clay, literally Jacksonville shuts down almost every tight end they play. Right. And LaShawn McCoy's in a walking boot. The only thing that scares me here is Bortles pick sixes. I hear you. Because Buffalo has focused on two things this year. Not turning over the ball right. and causing turnovers. Right. I could see a Poyer interception sure. for a pick six that ruins this. That and would. you're sitting there going, shit, like what if the running game doesn't for some reason I know. get going? I know. But 1,570 for Simpsons. This and the was Jacksonville the Jaguars. only game I felt comfortable with in going. The lines are just so big that they're all scary. They are. They are scary. Agreed. And I just remember said, last year. Yeah. All four teams covered. All four, All four home teams, teams really right? blew out too. Uh, the you know Pittsburgh beat the crap out of Matt Moore. Uh, the Seattle had some incredible catches from Paul Richardson to beat yeah. the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Uh, what were the other two games? Do you remember? Um, no. 
Um, Wait, we Houston beat the Raiders. Beat the crap. Well, that was right. Connor Cook. That was Connor Cook, and then we're missing. There's a lot of bad quarterback matchups. Well, hold on. What's the other I'm NFC matchup we're talking right about? Okay. Um, oh, Giants Packers. Yeah, the Packers, and right. that one was close at halftime. Right. And Aaron Rodgers went took wild over. after right. the Hail Mary. Right. But you know what? The year before that, I think it was like three of the away teams won. Did they? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so there's yeah. no there's no rhyme or reason there. Nope. Jacksonville, though, definitely by all metrics, is a much better football team than Buffalo. Yes. Uh, do you think this could be the Tyrod Taylor audition for his future team next year? Uh, maybe, but damn. If I had to bet on anybody, I'd bet Kirk Cousins is there. If anybody, that would be amazing. I really do. All right, so uh, th- we have picked the same teams. Yeah. Without looking. And so I changed that Rams one, which gave it good, because I thought you were going to go Falcons. You did? Yeah, yeah but no, that's I, not the reason I changed yeah, it. Yeah, I got you. Last one, Sunday afternoon, Saints-Panthers. It is the third time this year that these two teams are playing. The Panthers' D is seventh. The Saints' offense is second. And the Saints are favored by seven. Saints won by 21 in their first matchup. They won by 10 points in their second matchup. Um, in the those two games, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara combined to average 6.1 yards a carry, yep. four touchdowns, and 238 yards in those two games. Yep. Unbelievable. Yes. Do you want us? Let's do Saints offense, Carolina defense, both let's times. Let's save that for last. Let's lay, let's do the other way. Okay. First. Okay. Cam sorry. Newton yes. with no offensive weapons right. against the Saints defense that lost Alex Okafor right. and AJ Klein. Right. But Marcus Lattimore is back with a vengeance. How do you think Carolina's offense will fare against the Saints defense? Okay. I think we start there, right? I mean, I mean, first of all. Uh, Lattimore didn't play in either game against Carolina this year. Not in week three? No, he did not. So this is his first time. And, oh, shit, sorry, Carolina. Because, yeah, you know my thoughts about this guy. This guy's one of the five best corners in football. He's right there. He is the man. He is superstar. number four right now. Uh, number four, right? Okay, so he is the man. And I don't care who it is. I mean, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, I know they caught some passes, but damn, you try to cover the greatest athletes on earth on a 100-yard field all and over the freaking Devin place. And Devin Funches is banged up. Right. So, to me, okay, right there, disadvantage Panthers. Because Lattimore is going to – they're going to be able to do whatever they want with Lattimore. Yeah, when a team feels confident enough to put a cornerback in man-to-man, I don't think people realize how much more effective it makes your running defense. Yes, it's a huge because now it's just let's fit your hole. Let me fit my hole, and that's all I have to worry that's about. That's a little aggressive. That's a little. I didn't even mean to do that, but I like it. I like it. Uh, what, what about the Carolina's running offense? Yeah, okay. Car- all right, so first of all, Carolina's offense in general, it's just it's not good. They lack weapons, like you said. I mean, they're, they're, you're spot on there. Okay, how many different ways can Mike Shula come up with a creative way to throw to, you know, McCaffrey out of the backfield? I mean, there, there's only so many ways to do it, and that's their whole offense. Greg Olson not totally 100%, so I don't know how much you can truly depend on him, okay? And when I just think of Carolina's offense, I just go, man, what else is there to do? The only thing I can say is this, just to break it down, and we've seen a lot, uh, d- you know, the, the Saints don't give up bullcrap plays. They they make you earn it. If you're going to earn it, you know, it's going to be a, a great throw or whatever it may be, a great design of a play that caught them off guard. Uh, and I have a hard time with Carolina figuring that out. Cam Newton's got to really run the football. 
I think that's the biggest it thing really I look at the game. really is the key to this game. He's going to have to run the ball, ball not only with design runs, but I also think Cam Newton, just because I, I know I've written this in my notes a few times and I was flipping through notes, I just go, Cam Newton's got to get out of the pocket a little bit too. You're too big, you're too athletic. You can't sit there and look down the field and just sit there all day and go, oh, I'm going to just pat the ball and I'm so big, nobody can hit me. No, this if they want to move the ball this week, if the first guy's not open, the second guy's not open, Cam Newton, get the hell out of Dodge and go run because there'll be lanes to run on and scramble against the Saints because they will play man-to-man and they will get lost in the shuffle and their eyes aren't on the quarterback because they're playing man, they're covering their guy and that leads to big runs. So that would be one thing I would look for but I have a hard time in general thinking that the Panthers consistently can move the ball on the Saints defense throughout the day. Uh, To add to that point, Greg Olson uh, is always going to be big for Cam Newton. Yep. Uh, Saints shut down tight ends all season. They allowed mm. the fewest catches and yards to the tight end position. Right. Um, Cam Newton, it's all on Cam Newton on offense. Yeah. It really is. And for him to come into this game after turning in the worst performance of the season last week, he missed on his first nine throws. Yep. He threw three interceptions and had two fumbles yeah. last week. No, it was not good. And now he's ready for the playoffs. Think about the week before that against Tampa. It wasn't great then. I mean, it's just he's a freak of nature. Cam fumbles has, a snap and runs in the end zone. Cam has thrown for fewer than 200 yards in seven of the last nine weeks. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And his yards per pass attempt went down for the third straight year. Right. I'm beginning to wonder right. if the 15-1 year was the outlier for Cam. Yeah, it is. Cam is a good, special specimen. He really is. The way, how big he is, how strong his arm is, but he makes some questionable decisions. But I will say this: it's not like he has a lot of talent. Exactly. It's a lot of pressure on him. him. And the offensive line has been shoddy for every year, except for that fifteen and one year. Agreed, one hundred percent. You're right. So you can't blame it. I don't like that when people blame it on. It's a lot on his shoulders, but at the same point, he hasn't been playing as well as he did that one year. No, he hasn't. That was an amazing year. They were on fire. He was on fire. They did a lot of special things. He is still one of the better quarterbacks in football. I mean, gosh, he's got nothing going for him. I mean, it's it's average pass protection. It's an average running offense. They're fourth in the rush only because of him, yeah. and he's like the freakiest guy to ever play quarterback in football history. So that is just it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough sledding. Mm-hmm. I give him a chance because he's quarterback always. I yes. will. You have always said right. that the Saints' offense yeah. is the worst matchup for the Carolina defense. Yeah, this is the worst thing that could happen. Carolina wants to sit back in their zone, right. and guys like Michael Thomas just right. fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. And then the running game, apparently, the first two times they play has been very successful. Yeah. Is there any chance that this great defensive mind, Wilkes, who is now up for all these head coaching jobs, yep. is there any chance that he figures it out in the third game? And everyone's telling me, Sims, it's really hard to win three games in a year. I mean, it, it really is. But, I mean, you know, I always hear that. It's really hard to win three games in a year. But how do you feel about the team who's, you know, how does the team that's lost two already feel going into that third game? Nobody wants to talk about that. Do, do, do they question going, man, I don't know if we can fucking beat these guys. I mean, I think that's a valid question. And that's what I would be thinking as an athlete. I wouldn't be going, oh, third time's a charm. I'd go, damn, we've struggled against these two teams. Can we beat them? Finally, I don't know. Yeah, not just lost, right. struggled. Struggled. Double digit some of their losses. worst lost games of the year. I mean, the Panthers ending up, the Panthers much rather, I think, would have rather seen the Rams. And I know the Rams are better than the Panthers as well, but they Saints. match up better. 
right? Uh, you think this, the Panthers the match are up better with the Rams and the Saints? I do, yes. I just because at least they had the size advantage against the Rams to where they can go, okay, maybe we'll just bludgeon you downhill, slow the game down. This is also Drew so, Brees in the Superdome. Right. It's Drew Brees you know, in the Superdome. Where he gets like superpowers. No doubt. So he's going to give some speech. It's going to be on Instagram and he's going to be like, this is the time of your life. Right. And everyone's like, ah. So I'm picking the Saints to win. Okay, let's just get that out of the way. I'm not going to go my bet yet, Canvasser, but this is the first thing. If the Panthers want to win, this is the first key. This is the biggest key to the game, other than maybe Cam making some big plays. But would be the pa- the Panthers, their pass rush. It is legit, okay? Their pass rush, they're 50 sacks in the NFL. That's third in the in the football. I don't think a lot of people realize that. I didn't. You know, they can get after it. And if they really want to win this game, listen, Steve Wilkes, a defensive coordinator, I think a lot of them. Yeah, what does he got to do? Right. I, I don't think he's going to go outside of what he does. He might have a few wrinkles, but they're still just going to play smart zone defense and he's going to make the the Saints try to execute and beat them. That to Go me is the full key. drive. Right, that's the key to the game though. If those four can have a game up front where they Give can Give them a shout out. So it's Star Lutalele, Kwan Short, Addison, right? Mario Addison yep. who's back. And I'm blanking on their other defense and um holy Frosty cow. Rucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Hold on. What the hell what the, who the hell is their other defense and I'm totally blank spot here. Charles Johnson is one of them, but we're missing somebody else that's in that rotation. I'm I'm sorry, folks out there listening on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, Wes Hor- Julius Peppers. Thank you. I mean, he's only <laughs> led the team in sacks. Thank you. How's Vernon Butler doing? I mean, he's good, not great. You he's not as good as what I thought he would have yeah, been. Julius Peppers is a six eight. 250 Hall of Famer. They got to expect that. That group has to dominate the football game. If they can't, they can't win the game. And I don't expect them to dominate the game because Saints offensive line is the best offensive line in football for my money. Now, Teron Armstead, he's still not sure if he's going to play. It's not going to be a difference maker to me. If he does play, I would say, oh, shit, Carolina's in trouble for sure. If he doesn't play, I go, maybe Carolina has a yeah, chance. They've been used to it all year yeah, having to rotate guys Exactly. They've all played their yeah. stuff. Right. Uh, the, to me, the, the big thing is Carolina can't play man-to-man. That's an issue, and I don't think these are great weapons at the disposal of the Saints offense. Like, Michael Thomas is not a guy I just go, oh, you know, he's going to beat man-to-man coverage. No, but it doesn't matter because he doesn't have to beat it because they're a great back shoulder team, and Breeze will throw the ball to him in spots. They're the best screen team in football. That sucks when you play zone defense because, oh, think about if you're Luke Keekley in the middle. Oh, it's a it's a run fake. Oh, it's a fake. Let me drop back into my zone and look for the crosser. Oh, shit, what? They're throwing the screen to the running back they just faked to? Let me turn around and go make the tackle. Oh, gosh, he ran by me for 40 yards. I mean, that's that's what he's going to have to deal with. It's going to be too hard. Sean Payton is, he's good for, I would say, four to five plays a game of just what I've said. Fucking, fucking your system up. That's what I would say it is. He just, he exposes your rules where you go, damn, what, what, is, what do I tell that guy to do there in the slot when they do that? So that, to me, is where I really look at it. To get to the point here, I am putting $10 on the New Orleans Saints because I only have $10 What was your left, score projection? And I'm going 28-17 Saints. Run through all four of your score predictions for the week. Sure. Um, let me just pull you them up. You looked that up. I'm going to give mine because I agree with you. I am going $400 on the Saints as well. Uh, I'm going to go through and make my four individual player predictions. Yeah. Um, my one for this is that Ted Ginn's going to have a really deep play on Daryl Worley. Mm. 
I think he's just gonna he's gonna find that crease against his former team. But because they're probably, I mean, I think that's a good. That's the guy you have to. Well, and they're probably gonna take a chance play man to man a few times more than they would like to in this game because yeah. they're gonna realize like, damn, this offense there's too much stuff. Right. All right. So my four predictions for things that are going to happen. Right. Uh, Titans Chiefs. I am gonna say that I'm gonna make a weird one. I'm gonna say that the punter Kern puts the Chiefs on their own, like inside their own five twice. Brett Kern. I, I think I'm. Feeling him. Uh, Atlanta Rams, I'm going to say that Gurley has over 100 receiving yards. Uh, Buffalo Jacksonville, I'm going to say that Poyer does pick off Blake Bortles. (laughs) That's just going to be my prediction there. And Saints-Panthers is that Ted Ginn is going to have a long touchdown on Daryl Worley. That will be my four random thing predictions. They're good ones. Let me hear your score predictions. Okay, my score predictions. Uh, The first game on Saturday, Tennessee at Kansas City. I'm going Kansas City 27-21. Uh, the late game on Saturday night. Rams, I'm going Rams 31-21 over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Saturday after or Sunday afternoon, the one o'clock game, I'm going Jacksonville Jaguars 23 to 13 over the Bills. I really wanted to say 23 to 6, but I gave them the an extra touchdown. And then Sunday afternoon, I'm going New Orleans Saints 28 to 17. So even when you make me make my picks without listening to any of your analysis. I picked the same four teams. Yes, good job. Unity. We like each other. Yeah. I'll t- I like you very much, huh? I, I think the true thing is with all of these lines, the big spreads are what's scary. I was yeah. talking to Joe, one of our senior vice presidents here, and he's like... Joey Guns. He's like, he's like, oh, I would definitely be teasing some of those. I go, Joe, I can't just tease. Like, I have to do them. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make my left go locks. I'm obviously going to go with all these picks. But of all of those, going Tennessee to cover, the Rams to... The, t- the Rams to win and cover. So we're going the Rams, Jacksonville, New Orleans to win and cover, Tennessee just to cover. Right. Which one are you the most scared of? Which one are you the least confident? You're the most confident in Jacksonville. Right. Which one are you the least confident? Rank them from one to four. Mm. I think the one I'm least confident in is probably the Rams. The cover. Like, I expect the Rams to win, but I think it's a scary game. You got This is a team that, in the Atlanta Falcons, they are not going to be phased by, oh, wild card football. I mean, they yeah. played in the Super Bowl last year. Which one are you second most confident in? Uh, second most confident in? New Orleans yeah, or Tennessee? New Orleans. And then you put Tennessee third. Uh, yes, right. All right. Yep. Uh, and you think when it all comes push comes stuff, the Rams Falcons will be the most entertaining game? I do. I think you're going to see some explosive Which one will be the plays. least entertaining? Uh, probably Jacksonville and Buffalo. But I ha- I love watching Jacksonville rip people's heads off. I, I think, think that's Tennessee, like Kansas awesome. City. I think Kansas City at home doesn't allow a lot of points. Right. Tennessee's not going to score a lot. Yeah. This could be. What if it's back-to-back playoffs where Kansas City doesn't score a touchdown? Man, and it's just a field goal fest. Man, It'd be tough. That would be tough. Uh, all right, that is your full four-game wild card weekend prediction. Again, if you're interested, Sunday noon Eastern, we are going to be breaking down what happened on the Saturday games and previewing the Sunday games right here live on Bleacher Report Facebook. Uh, Charles Esther's birthday is on Sunday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to Charles. you. And then there was someone in the comment section that said they had six tickets to the Rams game. If anyone's interested, find that in the comment section. Hang out with this guy. Tweet out Sims and Lefko. Take a photo. We're going to push you out. It'll be awesome. Yep. In the meantime, check us out on YouTube. Just search Sims and Lefko. And always, social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Sims and Lefko. Love you guys for Sims. Peace out, homie. Venture would say good evening and the L-E-F-K-O-E man says enjoy the games and cash in on all of your bets holler guys